1: plushcare.com slash weight loss
0: it's another sunday edition of the yahoo sports hockey podcast justin cuthbert julian mckenzie and julian this is normally the time where i introduce some sort of current event or something that might be on the mind of our listeners but i gotta say i don't have anything today so i'm gonna put you on the spot break the ice for us here on another sunday morning
1: uh, did you watch any of the knockouts from uh, the UFC fight over the weekend? Did you see Chris Weidman break his leg? I did. I uh, mean, I that I mean that
0: was just disgusting, and I saw it on Twitter. And I, I only saw some of the fights, because, you know, I'm not going to be forking out the money for that pay-per-view. Um, but, man, it was nice to see fans in the stands again. Like, that was... I saw one guy come out, and he's just, like, waving at everyone, and he looked like the... He looked like the happiest dude I have ever seen. And I want us to get to that point or back to that point so badly. But it was actually really nice knowing in the back of my head that it might be like a super spreader event was one thing. But like actually seeing live sports happening again with fans was like actually heartwarming. Heartwarming with a cage fight, you know, happening in the center of all it.
1: Like when it happens, like that first game in like a, with a North Division opponent, maybe by then the North Division won't be a thing. Like we're going to see like fans probably like hugging each other and like crying because of how amazing it's going to be. Like, I mean, I would love to see that at least because I I miss being at venues and seeing fans go crazy. Like it's been way too long.
0: When do you think we're going to I mean, all these sports have their different timelines. I think we're going to see fans in the seats like a lot of them for the playoffs in the States, because I just think that's they're going to be at that point by then. Uh, and we'll get into like you know all that stuff a little bit later with what we when we talk about Robin Leonard, um. But I, I feel like all these sports are going to follow these different timelines. Like the UK has done pretty well with vaccinations, so when the Premier League starts in August again, do you think it's going to be a packed house? And if it is a packed house with the Premier League, you want to see emotion. Like those people are going to be so happy to be back in the stands for Premier League games. Like they're going to be hugging and tears and and all that. Like that's going to be a highly emotional scene. And that's the one sport where it's like it
1: brings something extra. You know what's funny, actually? It's funny you mentioned the Premier League because I wonder, in light of some of the events of last week, yes, we've seen the protests go on now over you know, some teams trying to bolt over to the Super League. What if that continues into... The start of next season when you have fans in where you get the fans who are roaring in in adoration, but you get the other ones who go really overboard with the, you know, anti-Super League chance. Because a lot of people are still really upset at some of those Premier League teams like a United or a Chelsea looking to bolt to go to this fantastical magisterial Mm. league that was going to be better than the Champions League and then folded like a cheap tent in about like two days.
0: Well, that's the thing. These fans might be emboldened now, like, "Oh, we we do have power here. Let's, mm-hmm. you know, let's for everything that we are feeling aggrieved about, let's be uh, as loud as possible." And maybe we're going to see that. But I, I don't know. Just get back to the point. Just seeing the fans back was was really nice, uh, and I, I hope you know what. Like, it, obviously, things aren't great in Canada right now. But when you get to the point where you can, you deserve to enjoy that. So I'm not going to like pass any judgment. I'm sure Florida, you know, was maybe jumping the gun just a little bit with that UFC oh, yeah. event. But like once you get to the point where you can vaccinate people, you can have nice things. And I'm not gonna say anything about it. Have your nice things. You deserve it if you get to that point. And I think we are getting to the point where we're gonna see more fans and stands. And and it was a reminder last night that it's like really, really important. I agree. I agree. Couldn't have said it better myself. Okay, so that's uh well clumsily, you know, transition now into an NHL talk, which is you know, based around another COVID thing, which is Robin Letter getting something off his chest this week. Uh, he sit down, he sat down in front of the media or in front of the uh, the virtual Zoom meeting, uh, and basically just rambled on—not rambled on, because that's, I guess, a negative connotation—but he just spoke from his heart about you know what was uh, what was bothering him in the moment for about ten minutes, uh, and it was basically it was. He was coming after the NHL, but he was also raising, you know, the mental health issues that a lot of these athletes are, f- are facing. He compared the situation to a prison and accused the NHL of breaking its promise, which was if you get the vaccine, then some of your freedoms are going to come back to you, which makes all the sense in the world. But the NHL, I guess, has decided that uh just because you get the vaccine doesn't mean that all the or any restrictions really are going to be lifted for you, at least in the short term here. So. Uh, What did you make of those comments first? Uh, And uh, what does this say about, you know, what we're going to see over the next month or so in the
1: NHL? Should mention uh, it. I I think the NHL, I think when they, they came out after Robin Leonard said his comments and said that they didn't necessarily Mm
0: -hmm. anything.
1: uh, And I think just, it's really, it just kind of speaks to the confusion of this whole thing. I think Robin Leonard, first off speaking out and just expressing from his heart, how he feels about everything going on and, and, fine, you know, maybe you may have differing views on him saying it feels like a prison, but at the end of the day, this is an HL player, fine making however money he's making, but it is a difficult situation. You're going out to play these games almost every second night or third night, and players can barely, can't have have friends over at their places. They can't even go into their own hotel rooms or, or their other players hotel rooms, it's a difficult situation for them to be in. So for to see a player kind of speak out and say something about this and express vulnerability in that moment, I, I thought it was it was it was quite interesting for a lot of media types and, and fans to see. And I know Robin Leonard has spoken out about mental health before so it's not the first time he's acknowledged such a thing, but it was it was good for him to step up and and say something. In terms of the rules, I, I just hope for these players that something changes once these teams start to get more and more vaccinated. And I also keep thinking, you know, if guys like Robin Leonard who are in the States are worried about this sort of thing, and they're in a country where the vaccination rate is going up, imagine how it feels to be one of these on a player on one of the seven Canadian teams where it's the vaccination rate is not nearly as high, including mm-hmm. the Vancouver Canucks who were coming off the worst COVID outbreak of any NHL team this season. So it's a bit of a difficult situation. I hope it gets resolved soon, but it was good to hear Reb, Robin Leonard step up and say something.
0: Yeah, I think there were some good points and I think there were some points also where he missed the mark, but as I mentioned off the top, like I am fully on team, let people enjoy life again, if it's safe to do so. So if the I entire agree. Vegas Golden Knights, Golden Knights team is vaccinated, There is no reason why they cannot be in the same hotel room. They can't enjoy dinners together when it's, you know, when they're in a safe environment. Like, that is completely ridiculous. And to suggest that they have a competitive edge just because they're happier is wrong on the NHL standpoint. But I also think Robin Leonard is a little bit wrong here because they do have a competitive edge. The competitive edge is the vaccine. He is lucky enough, and even he, he said that he wasn't necessarily sure if he wanted it, but that team is lucky enough to know that they are going to be healthy for the rest of the season, that their families are going to be healthy for the rest of the season, and not every other team has that competitive edge. So when you're talking about you know, the differences between teams and the NHL wanting to keep things as uniform as possible, let's just be honest, it's not, it's not fair right now it is more fair right now to the Vegas Golden Knights who are not having to worry about their health moving forward while teams in Canada and other teams that may not have the the vaccination yet, and I don't know how many of them there are, which is another issue unto itself, but there are teams that don't have this competitive edge and to think that you're hard done by because you can't have meals with your team or go to the grocery store compared to other NHL teams that don't know if they're going to come home and give uh, COVID-19 to their families... That's where that argument sort of falls short for me.
1: I guess, but like, that's not to be crude about, but that's not Robin Leonard's problem. Robin Leonard is dealing with it's his not. own situation, his own team, and they're not able to do those things. And look, we, 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 everyone made their comments about how the United States and different states were going about protecting themselves through COVID last year. But the vaccine is available to them. The, the The United States did the work to put themselves in a position where they could vaccinate people. Why can't Robin Leonard and other players on on U.S. teams who are getting vaccinated be able to enjoy themselves? I know you mentioned that, they but still, be. like, sure, do that. Like, and who, and I'm not to say who cares on some of those other Canadian teams, but I don't know, man. If we're in a position where it's more than sports at this point, like, I mean, fine, you can discuss the competitive advantage, but like, who cares? Like, if you're in a position where you're able to get that vaccine, you want to live your life. You should be able to do that, like you know. I don't. I don't think it necessarily matters uh, to the fact that you know. Fine, other teams aren't able to do it, and, and you know you got to hold off and whatever. Like it's either you get everyone to do it or you don't. But I think Robin Leonard it doesn't really matter in this case.
0: No, I don't think it does it either at all. I, I mean, I think you have to accept if you're the NHL and the league's office has to accept that things aren't going to be equitable here. It's clearly not equitable if. 21 teams or 22 or 23 or how many there are in the u.s i guess there'd be 24 in the u.s are vaccinated by the end of the month and no one in canada is vaccinated yet you don't have a fair league so just embrace that like you you, you can't there's no way Why to get make it, it there's, fair there's no way to get around it what do you
1: mean make it fair well i don't know just like i guess for the playoffs just have like the canadian teams all in a bubble in the states as unfair as it is and get everyone but vaccinated. that's unfair
0: and that's what's going to happen. But for Robin Letter to, to think that their team or, 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 you know, all the NHL players are being unfairly hurt by this. I think there's layers to it. And certainly the seven Canadian teams are at the biggest competitive disadvantage right now. But I'm glad he brought it up because transparency has been such an issue I through agree. this whole thing like we should know which teams are vaccinated or partially vaccinated. We should know all this stuff, and the only reason why they're keeping it quiet is because there is going to be a competitive disadvantage here. That's exactly why we don't know what exactly is happening. But I mean, he brought it up for many good reasons. Uh I think it was interesting that he said that they he kind of felt forced to get it and he wasn't even sure if he wanted it, but he was they dangled the carrot of hey, you can do, you can have this and you can have that if you take the vaccine, which is not the way to go about it. I mean, people should be taking the vaccine, but you can't force people to take the vaccine. But also his struggles with mental health. And I mean, he's been so open about it and it's been very important, but him talking about his experience, very you know, detailed and the fact that he has bipolar disorder. And one of the dangers of bipolar disorder is being in isolation. And that's how he's felt this entire time. So I just feel like this should be a reminder to the NHL to embrace the fact that this is not fair and to just let people have what they deserve to have which is exactly what they're allowed under the certain conditions if you're vaccinated you should be working in a safer spot and you should not be doing the same things as as what's happening north of the border when COVID-19 is raging outside like it's just it's to think that you're going to create a competitive a competitive uh imbalance or or competitive balance and everything is going to be equal for everyone is just so silly uh given the circumstances
1: yeah, it's just it's just not fair just if there was a way for the national hockey league to create more of a more of a competitive balance for every single team they should pursue it i'm not saying that they're not it, there should be a way to do it because obviously we've pointed out the fact that for canadian teams it is going to be completely unfair for them going forward it is a damn shame though but uh, again just to kind of put a bow on it on my side here just at least robin leonard stepped up and said something mm-hmm. at least he didn't just, you know, try to just brush it off and just be like, yeah, whatever. We're just going through it. I It's good to see players step up and use their platforms. And we've seen it over the last few weeks between him and JT Miller, for example, uh, speaking out over the conditions that they're going through. I want I hopefully more and more players feel emboldened to step up and just kind of describe the conditions that they're going through. It's not easy for them to be playing under these circumstances. And for any player who gets COVID, like, you know, we I was looking at a, at a, at a video essay for Bomani Jones a few days ago where we we think of these athletes who who kind of go through pain and and they're just conditioned to go through something like this and just kind of brush it off like it's nothing with covid we are never we're not sure what the long term effects are going to be like and even the immediate effects in some players you see it right away so for for players to kind of speak out and point out hey this crap is happening to us here and we have to play through this i want i want more of it it just for people to understand that these guys, even if you're sitting at home on your phone and you're tweeting, oh, you guys are million-dollar athletes, what do you have to complain about? There's a lot for them mm-hmm. that they're going through right now that is tough on their mental health and tough on them physically that they have to go through. And people should show some, should show some more empathy towards those situations.
0: Yeah, I mean, Robin Leonard is no different than everybody else just because he makes $5 million a year, I believe, with Vegas and is going to make $5 million a year moving forward. Uh, that doesn't change anything, but what, what, what you'd hope – is that we will get some change if more players step up and say things like he said. I mean, I think he went a little bit too far in certain directions, but if more players are talking about, hey, why are we still locked in our hotel rooms? Why can't we do this and that when I've been vaccinated for a month and I'm perfectly, you know, I'm not a threat to anyone or anything because of that reason, at least 99% of the way, uh, given you know the efficacy or whatever, uh, I just feel like they should be allowed because – we're not going to get to the finish line here. If we all think we're going to reach the finish line together. And I know there's so many, you know, problems with, you know, socioeconomic status and people not getting the vaccine when they should, and other groups being preferred. But the fact of the matter is once you you can't all get there at the same rate. So if we get as many people to the finish line, we're going to get everybody to the finish line. And I think that's an important thing. Just because one team is dealing with something and has to be a little bit more careful doesn't mean that every team should have to, you know, have their mental health in the compromised position that Robin Leonard feels his is.
1: Of course, yeah. I just hope we just get to the finish line at this point. Jeez.
0: We're we're going to have to get there eventually. But, you know, hope with that UFC crowd, I guess. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So my worry, we'll go on to our next topic here. My worry with this North Division thing From the start. So we're gonna miss out on all these incredible things happening in markets that are partially unavailable to us because you know it me and you have a Canadian game to watch, it seems, every night on national TV. And I think we're seeing that with Sidney Crosby. Like it needed we almost needed this carrot to be pushed in the right direction to talk about Sidney Crosby, which was the fact that he uh secured his sixteenth straight over 1.0 point per game season to start his career and only Wayne Gretzky's the other only other person who's done that in NHL history and Sid clinched that with a goal late in a victory over the New Jersey Devils he's got 20 goals and 55 points uh so far this season and frankly he's making a bid for the Hart Trophy very quietly Sidney Crosby has been one of the most dominant players over the last two months and if you're looking at cases you know who should be Nominated behind Connor McDavid, I, I think we probably agree is going to win the Hart Trophy. But like there's a lot of good cases, right? There's Artemi Panarin and Alexander Barkov and Austin Matthews and Patrick Kane. They're all kind of hovering in the same spot. And what Sidney Crosby's doing, not only from a personal standpoint, but elevating his team, which is now threatening to win the East Division, I think Sidney Crosby's got to be the top of the list right now of Hart Trophy runner, runners up, I guess.
1: <laughs> I, I agree with you. I think if the Pittsburgh Penguins win that East division, there's no way you don't put Sidney Crosby in, in the top three voting for, for the Hart Trophy. Here's something else that blew my mind. I was watching this segment on, on TSN radio for Overdrive, and uh, I believe O'Dog and, and, and Noodles, and I think they had Mark Rowe as a guest host that day. They had James Duffy about, you know, just hockey and things like that. James Duffy is talking about all these different games that normally he's not able. He's not able to watch this season because of how the scheduling and the divisions are going. He mentioned the fact that he his panel on TSN has barely mentioned Sidney Crosby at different points this year. Yeah, how insane is that? That's how I feel. That's insane, Sidney Crosby who we hold in high regard. We we praised him on the show, liking him to be the best player we've seen over the last 15 years. The hero that he is, probably a top five player all time when it's all said and done. And TSN of all places failed to recognize Sidney Crosby at different points of the year. That is absolute... Madness. And I cannot wait until teams across the NHL can start playing each other in different visions playing each other as opposed to just the teams in their own division again. Because this is just absolutely insane. Sidney Crosby is having himself a great year. And another thing about this Pittsburgh Penguins team, this is a team we thought at the beginning of the year their championship window was closing. Mm -hmm. There were all the rumors around how Jim Rutherford may have wanted to dismantle that core and then Ron Hextall and Brian Burke come in and say all right now nah, we're we have Sidney Crosby we're going to go win some games and all of a sudden they might win the division. This is one of the best stories in the National Hockey League going right now and if Sidney Crosby puts himself in a position where he gets I mean the team's obviously gonna make the playoffs but if they win this division remember we were talking about what this division was going to look like I th- I don't even know if we mentioned the Pittsburgh Penguins. In fact, if I recall correctly, and maybe we can go back on the tape, and maybe I'm wrong here, we were thinking about all these different teams in the East Division, the Islanders, the Capitals. I don't know if we mentioned the Pittsburgh Penguins all that favorably. I don't know if we praised them all that much. And now all of a sudden, they might win this damn division. I think it's one of the best stories going. And it, it all speaks to Sidney Crosby, obviously, as the great player that he is. And there's no doubt in my mind, if the Penguins win that division, even if they're within sniffing distance of whoever wins that division, Sidney Crosby should at least be in consideration for that Hart Trophy. But I'm with you. Conor McDavid's going to win it hands down.
0: Yeah, I think it was a bad first impression with the Pittsburgh Penguins, and I think that's probably why TSN's not talking about it as much. That's probably why we're not talking about it as much, because the Pittsburgh Penguins only a handful of regulation wins within the first I guess, month of the season before Brian Burke and Ron Hextall took over. Uh, And it looked like they were just fortunate to be even, you know, treading water at that point. But since February 9th, and this is an important date because this is when Brian Burke was hired, but no team in the NHL has more points than the Pittsburgh Penguins since February 9th. And that's not because Brian Burke's there. It just happens to have happened that way. Uh, And no player other than Sidney or other than Connor McDavid rather has more points than Sidney Crosby. So, it seems everything wow. is working for this team, even even uh, you know even at the start of the year, when they were a bad team and they were picking up points and staying in the race just because th- they were able to get it to overtime and, and and figure out a way to get some points that way, like everything seems to be working for them, which is sort of the City Crosby magic. I mean, check their last game or two games ago, they allowed six goals in the third period to the New Jersey Devils and still won the game. So yeah. like we're talking about something that would be, you know, like you talk about the Leafs all the time with all these terrible things that happened losing Vancouver off the COVID, losing to their Zamboni driver. Like the low point of the season for the Pittsburgh Penguins is giving up 6 goals in a game, in a period, in a game that they just happened to win. Like that sort of sums up how things have been pretty fortunate for the Penguins this year, and the guy that's driving all that success is Sidney Crosby, and that's why his case to win the Hart Trophy is as strong as anyone not named Connor
1: McDavid. Do you just think about how we've been discussing Sidney Crosby over the last few minutes here we're making him sound like a damn underrated player and he is you could still and he it's is. funny it's just so funny because of how good of a player he has been throughout his career I say it all the time though if you have the center depth of, of Sidney Crosby and if Evgeny Malkin good lord you're, you you have a chance it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if your team is not going to be looked at as good or if there are other players that are other teams that are going to look good or whatever. If you have Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin on your team, you have a chance. And that's probably what Brian Burke and Ron Hextall were thinking when they decided to take on this job. It's like, what the hell are we going to do? Try to dismantle everything here. We have Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. Like, what are we doing? You have a chance every single year. Just build around those guys, and at least in Crosby's case, crossby's case, he's still playing at a ridiculously high level. So credit to the Penguins for for sticking with this, and now they might be able to to get a round win or two out of this.
0: As it stands now, I mean, the East Division is is as good as it gets in terms of playoff races. But there are games here on Sunday, and we're recording Sunday morning. Many of you will listen on Monday, so this could be a little out of date. But the Capitals lead the division with 66 points. The Penguins and Islanders are behind with 65 and 63, respectively. And then the Boston Bruins, with a couple games in hand, those three teams that I mentioned have all played 48 games, so they have eight remaining. But the the Bruins have 10 remaining, and they're only three back of the Islanders for third spot. Like, that is just, it's a toss-up. It could be basically a 25% chance that either of these teams wins the division, and you know, as as important as it is to win the division, wherever you slot, it's going to be really difficult to get through one round, let alone, let alone two, and then get to the uh, the NHL semifinals. So, I mean, if if you and I have been missing out on something here in Canada and having to watch mainly Canadian games, it's probably what's going on uh, in the East Division.
1: Oh, that's um, not. Good. I'll tell you this though. I'll tell you this before you get to your next point. When it comes for time it. for the playoffs, I am definitely tuning into those East Division games. I understand. There's a good chance the Montreal Canadiens will be playing a playoff game. We're playing some playoff games, probably against the Toronto Maple Leafs as it stands, unless they somehow crazily collapse and miss out on this playoff spot, which I don't think is going to happen. But for damn damn straight, I'm going to be watching East Division playoff games. Are you kidding me? I'm not missing out on that. I've done enough missing out on those teams in the regular season. I'm not missing out. On East Division playoff games in the playoffs.
0: No, it's time for us to diversify, and it will be easier to diversify if our two teams that we cover more closely are playing each other because that's only three hours out of uh, every other day, I guess. Um, okay, so I mentioned February 9th being important to the Penguins, Brian Burke and Ron Hextall. Uh, but February 9th is completely arbitrary to the rookie scoring race. Mm. But something interesting has happened since that point, and it's that Jason Robertson of the Dallas Stars famously the brother of Nick Robertson. It's kind of sad that he's known more for that than at least in the market I'm in than being a uh, rookie star for the Dallas Stars. But he's been comfortably pacing all rookies in scoring since February 9th. So I ask you, do we have a rookie race with him and Kirill Kaprizov? Or are we just, you know, trying to manufacture something to talk about here down the stretch? I,
1: I'm not sure. I, I I like the fact that Jason Robertson has been playing really well and, I was just watching like a highlight tape of his on on YouTube and the goals he's been able to score, either being in the right place at the right time, being in the front of the net and his shot. He has a really good shot. Like this kid's really cool. Like I, I think he's mm-hmm. great. It's just that Kirill Kaprizov has just all season has been just delighting us with his skating, his skill moves, and the fact that he can score goals in clutch moments. Like I, I think the fact that that Robertson has been doing this from about like February to now, I mean, that's pretty cool. But Kirill's been doing this pretty much all year, right? So I think Kirill might get the edge. The one thing I'm really intrigued about, and I know people have mentioned it at different points of the year, is the age thing. I don't have Kirill's mm. age off the top of my head, but he's clear, he's very much older than, than, than Jason Robertson is. Yep. And I think a few people might take that into consideration with the voting. I hope people don't, because in the spirit of the thing, he's still a rookie. And he's still doing some great things. And he's still helping Minnesota be, you know, more than just the middling, mediocre franchise that they've been over the last few years. They look good. They look fun. Yeah. And I think Kirill Kaprizov deserves some credit for that. But I also think Jason Robertson getting a look as well. Why not? Like, I, I think he's, he could be a good second place. I'm just curious who might be in third now. That, that, that's a bit of a drop, right? We were looking at guys like Tim Stutzla. Mm-hmm. We were hoping Alexei Lafreniere at the beginning of the year would step up. But it's only now that he's finding his groove. Like, I'm also curious like who's going to be in third, but right now I think it's, it's pretty clear it's Kaprizov and Robertson.
0: Yeah, it's definitely uh, those two should finish one two. but I, I I think it's pretty clear who should be the number one. I mean, I, I I'm all for the race, the narrative, something to talk about, uh, but there's three main checkpoints you got to hit. Well, Kirill's leading in points. So that's the big one. Mm. You well, know, he's leading in goals. That might be the bigger one. And he's leading his team to tangible success with the Minnesota wild, who clinched a playoff spot, I believe this past weekend. So, those are the things that are most important. If it's if yeah, one guy is a little bit younger, but the, you're always going to pick the one with more goals, more points, and the one that's driving meaningful success. And unfortunately, he checks those three boxes where Robertson doesn't. Um, but yeah, it's it isn't maybe the most exceptional rookie class. Uh, looking at it today, I mean, Tim Stutzla's influences seem to sort of wane, I guess, in recent weeks. Maybe he's hitting that rookie wall. Uh, and it doesn't feel like there's anyone else who can push for uh, certainly those two spots. It's Kirill Kaprizov uh, in, in a runaway for me. Um, but, uh, you know, it's nice to get that third spot. So maybe an Ottawa Senators rookie will, whether it's Stutzler or Norris, will get that third spot and get that free trip to Vegas, which I guess won't happen. You know, panoramas, right? Did you just say
1: panorama? Oh, my I, God. I tried, I tried it. You, it. Caught, tried on. It. Tried you it caught on. I tried it on for size. You proud you of me? caught on. Oh, my God. You goodness. proud of me? Panorama, Pandofla, Panoramic, Panasonic, Panera Bread. We have turned a corner, Uh, my friend.
0: Well, I only tried one of those on for size, but uh, now I have a
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: A little bit more ammunition, if need be. I think you should be <laughs> proud of me, though. Say it. Well done sir. I'm just, proud of you. Just agree. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, now we can move on. Uh last one for us before we get into the tire pump our weekly our weekly segment that is taking over the the world here. Uh the Leafs and Jets did battle this week and it was quite entertaining. Um and if we're talking about post-season bucket list items or series that we want to see, I don't know if it would be number 1 I think what's going on in that uh central division with the three-headed monster Carolina Florida and Tampa Bay I think those matchups are going to be great I think Vegas and Colorado is probably at the top of the list for everyone but the Leafs and Jets if we get to that point would be incredibly fun just because uh you know the heat was turned up between these two teams this week with Paul Maurice calling the Leafs dirty and the Leafs sort of accepting that challenge and playing a little dirty on Saturday night Uh, And Joe Thornton and Nick Ehlers having this strange rivalry and beef that could serve as the undercard to a Jake Paul fight if those two ever wanted to square off. And then we got Pierre-Luc Dubois and Wayne Simmons who seem like they want to get after it as well. So uh, an exciting few games. Both games went to the Maple Leafs who solidified it seems their spot as the number one team in the North Division with those two victories. Um, And it's no promise that we see this series, but I feel like it's one that we got to see, No.
1: I, I think it's going, I think it's like very more than likely going to happen with considering how the teams are going to be lined up in the, uh, in the North division. It's more than likely those two teams could be the last one standing in, in the North division. And I've said it with Winnipeg for a good chunk of this year. While I have heaped a lot of praise on Toronto, do not sleep on the mm. Winnipeg jets. Do not sleep on that forward core. They would go in a series against the Toronto Maple Leafs. They would have the edge on goaltending for what it's worth with Connor Hellebuck over whoever the, the, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs would trot out. That would be fun. I mean, just to see the, the, the animosity building over the last few days between these two teams, just as a hockey fan, I think I'd be really intrigued by what's going on. And and, I mean, if, if the Leafs find a way to beat the jets in a series like that, that would be huge for them going forward. I mean, obviously he gets to the conference final, if it gets to that point, but that would be huge for them going for Austin Matthews and his development and some of those other players. But I would like to see something fun out of those two teams. I, I just think those two teams are, are 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 really good in their division, obviously, and I think it'd be fun to watch.
0: Yeah, if the Jets meet their potential, I think they're must-watch television in the playoffs because it's going to be a lot of fun watching them go mm-hmm. up against Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers. And it's going to be a lot of fun if they get through that series and play the Leafs. If you know the Leafs do in fact get past either Montreal or Calgary or Vancouver now, who seems to be back in it. Uh, after three wins to start their return from COVID-19. But uh, yeah, I mean, if we're talking about what the best offering the North Division can provide, I think it's Winnipeg and Toronto, and we'll see if we get to that point. Okay, it is that time, the tire pump. Uh, it's who we want to acknowledge this week, and Julian, I'll let you start things off.
1: Okay, I would like to give tire pumps to emergency goaltenders. Firstly, Ooh. Fred Brafweight, uh goaltending coach, out in the Vegas Golden Knights organization. Uh, They were in need of the, I believe the AHL affiliate, the Henderson Silver Knights were in need of a backup goaltender with Logan Thompson unavailable to them. So Fred Brathwaite steps in, puts on the pads and serves as the e-bug for the Henderson Silver Knights, which I I always think it's really fun. But, and I was originally just going to give it to him until I came across news from the Ottawa Senators game last night. They had some calamities with their goaltenders. And apparently, mm-hmm. if it got to a situation where he was needed, Artem Anisimov, a forward, would have stepped in as the e-bug for the Ottawa Senators. I have not seen any photos of him in goalie gear, but apparently he, had, he was suited up and he was ready to go. At least DJ Smith, their head coach, said that he was. So, so my tire pump for this week, men who are ready to step into the line of fire as goaltenders, <laughs> whether they've played the, sp- <laughs> played the position or nice. not. Uh, so Arteman Nisimov and uh, Fred Rathway, they get my tire pumps for this week.
0: I can't believe we missed out on an arty party in the
1: Ottawa Senators' crease. That's, um, good. That's good.
0: I'm going I'm to give a preemptive tire pump or a tire pump that I believe will be uh, there in the future, which is to give the tire pump to... Whichever community, whichever official, whichever group ensures that the women have a world championship later on this summer. Uh, obviously, it was a tough week for the women's game. It's been a tough year for the women's game. It's been a, you know, it's been a, I mean, it's been longer than a year. But it's it's been pretty rough what's happened to sports that are considered, I'm not, not going to say lesser, but... At like beyond, behind the men's game in a lot of things. Like junior hockey's had it rough, women's hockey's had it rough, everything but the NHL basically has had to suffer from what's going on right now. So the fact that the women had the rug pulled out from under them um, only a couple weeks before this tournament was supposed to start in Nova Scotia because health officials in Nova Scotia decided that it wasn't, you know, safe enough to have this uh, tournament is just another example of all how far the world seems to cater to the men's game and just neglect the women's game. And it's pretty fitting that you're wearing the sweatshirt that you're wearing today, the PWHPA sweater. Uh, and we didn't plan that. So that's great. But I believe with all the support that we saw on Twitter, with all, all the discussion over how this is a travesty that they're going to get it right eventually. So to Ottawa tourism, that seems to have stepped up and had interest BC, other areas that have stepped up and say, how can we get this done? I'm going to give the tire pump to the, the, the groups that are trying to get this sorted out and a major tire pump to whoever ultimately lands this tournament and stages the women's game before Beijing. It's important every year. It's very important this year. We need to see the women at the highest level compete because it's been, frankly, too long since we have. So it's. Uh, I'm trying to spin this forward in a positive way because it was not a good week. But I believe it'll get done, uh, and it has a lot to do with the people that have stepped up and voiced their opinion, and of course, whoever is going to take on this uh, this event and stage it later this summer. So a tire pump to the women's game, and who's ultimately going to put on the 2021 World Championship.
1: Wow, that was very well said. And you're right, it's been a pretty tough week on so many fronts with regards to sports and even beyond that, and just to get to this point now where we get to a new week, hopefully things will be better on certain fronts and different fronts as well. Uh, but especially for the women's game, uh, just a travesty to see that uh, the tournament was, was shut down as it was. And hopefully uh, hopefully someone steps up and gets it because uh, there are a lot of talented players across this country and in the States as well. And the game is at a point where it's getting better and better and are more talented players and they deserve to have the opportunity to play games and, and go through a tournament, just like the men are, are getting those opportunities right now, especially with the with the with the similar like the younger boys tournament in uh in Fresco, Texas. I don't know the age group, but still, if those things are happening for some of those men's tournaments or those boys tournaments, there's no reason why we can't have it for the women as well.
0: Figure it out. I'm sure they will figure it out, but uh they have to because you gotta do what's right uh for sport and for and doing right by the athletes as well. All right, we'll leave it at that. Julian uh that was another Sunday edition of the Yahoo Sports Podcast. Always a lot of fun and we're down to the stretch drive here we only have a few more weeks before we're talking about playoff hockey. And maybe fans will be in the seats for playoff hockey. Uh, but either way, I can't wait. And I'm uh, looking forward to more hockey talk.
1: As am I, Mr. Justin Cuthbert. Always a pleasure to be on this show with you. Thanks, buddy. Peace. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.